What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who's not afraid of things that crawl around outside, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Well, I am a wildlife biologist by training, but I I seem to have no problem picking up bugs. And, uh, you know, I, I for the longest time thought they were called stink bugs, but you had a different name for it today. And your co-host, David, said what they were. Are they box bugs? A box beetle. Box beetle. And yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of that before, but we were throwing box beetles all over the place yesterday when we turned on our outside fan on our little outdoor patio that we've got the fan connected to. <laughs> they were launching across the deck, <laughs> oh. hitting you and our daughter. Oh. And I felt a little bit bad from what was going on, but we were de-winterizing the patio. Everything was gathered to the center. And now it seems like we bypassed spring altogether here in the Pacific Northwest. And we are straight into summer because we've got some really beautiful days ahead. So we thought now's the time to get out there and start, you know, cleaning off the furniture, getting everything kind of ready to go for. We'd love to be outside in the summertime for sure. But Boy, these uh, these little uh, stink bugs—they had made a home uh, in our fan, and uh, we had to move them out. And uh, but yeah, me and our daughter was squealing because uh, we—I don't like bugs, especially when the fan just kind of shoes them on out. Well, the neat thing, too, about this time of year, you know, spring has come. It's like a new day, like God's glorious creation shining upon us. And we look forward to these warm months and long days to be with family. Now, again, it's also a time of shift for our family as we kind of move into a new, although a temporary existence. But it's what families do to support each other. Our daughter our son-in-law, and our soon-to-be-born granddaughter, well, they came back into our home. That's what we're meant to do, though, to have the ability to help support them in their dreams and in their hopes, well, provide a roof for them. But it is wonderful to have our daughter back under our roof. Yeah, we moved her in the beginning of May, which is the month of Mary. So how how appropriate, at least from our perspective, with our dedication to Mary and, uh, you know, the... Mother's Day celebrations coming up this Sunday, and we are certainly going to be celebrating your motherhood, but now we're looking forward to your grandmotherhood. It's brought back great memories of when the house was full with kids, and this is something that you longed for, and I kind of forgot, and now that they're here, I'm grateful and feel so warm, and I just am proud as a, as a dad to see my my kids do so well and to be happy and and fruitful and believers in Christ as they are. Now, their hope is within the year now to be able to save up enough of a down payment to purchase their own place to live, but they did need a little bit more support. And well, we didn't even hesitate. I think for the example of our own parents that we understand that, well, it's hard these days, especially in where we're living, Things are expensive and it can take a lot for a couple to get started. And of course, our granddaughter is on the way. So we want to be able to help provide for them in in every way that we can 
can I just say that if it was up to me, I'd live in a wall tent out in the backyard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thanks be to God, your intuition won the day. And you said, you know what, we need to keep this house for a little while longer. So that in case we need it for the family. And sure enough, we have four young adults in the house and a grandbaby coming and still godchildren and other children who moved away uh, who come to visit. So the house got small again, which is great. That's exactly how we want it to be. Now, all of us living together again, though, reminds us, well, we do all need to do our part because, boy, with that many people living under one roof, yeah, things can get a little bit chaotic. So, you know, we all have our good habits and, well, hopefully not quite as many bad habits, but we do have to learn to try to coexist and and work together and and maintain a home where there's a lot of people living in. You know, it's amazing how we have these habits, the things that we have kind of grown into. And while our good habits are uplifting, how often are the bad habits are the things that lead us to have to confess the same thing over and over and over again. Well, I have an opportunity to talk with Emily Jaminette. Of course, you hear her on Mater Day Radio on her mother's moment. Her new book is out. It's called Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart, 10 Ways to Build Stronger, More Loving Relationships. Well, I'm going to take a moment here coming up to talk to her more about how we form good habits and bad habits. And then we'll just share on some of our experience and how we work with uh, over our years of marriage and raising children to modify those habits that we recognize are challenging, if not bad. And stay with us. We got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Welcome to Catholic Bites 60 Seconds, where 2,000 years of faith and tradition is explained one minute at a time. I'm Father Tim Furlow of the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, and today we're going to talk about your vocation. Not to be confused with your wild time in Cabo two summers ago. Your vocation is what you're called to in this life. It comes from the Latin word vocare, which literally means to call out to somebody. And when it comes to us and our human life, the person doing the calling is God. He can call us to all kinds of stuff. The point is our vocation is what we're called to be, not what we're called to do. Doing flows from being. Whatever you are determines what you do. And who better than God knows who we really are? Nobody, not even ourselves. So who better to trust when it comes to how we should live this human life? You want to be really happy? Don't get stressed out over every little thing you do. Instead, pray, God, help me to be who you made me to be. Help me to live my vocation. I'm Father Tim Furlow, and this is Catholic Bites 60 Seconds. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. 
We have figured out that to get through the cycles of everyday life, well, we form our habits. And these routines, well, we come to rely on them to get us places on time, even find a shortcut or two to get through a big project. But sometimes... We also form habits that are not good for us, things that let us take the easy way out or even self-indulgent. So have you developed good habits or poor habits when it comes to your spiritual life? Well, in her new book, Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart, author Emily Jaminette identifies 10 habits and virtues that come from the Sacred Heart. Emily is the executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network and She's joining me today. Hello, Emily. Thank you for joining the show once again. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. And what a fun conversation to talk about the importance of the sacred heart and holy habits. <laughs> well, when everybody, I hear the term, oh, holy habits. Now, I want to have that holy habit. Now, for me, sometimes it's just forcing myself into the routine and then Well, the holiness is born out of that. For instance, now this year, I've dedicated myself. The second I get into my car to drive home from work, well, I pray the rosary. And I must say that initially it was, this is the habit I'm going to do. This is the thing I'm going to do. But not necessarily getting the spiritual wealth that the rosary offers immediately. But I find now, several months into it, it's starting to form. So tell our listeners a little bit about how we form habits, especially these holy types of habits, and get the real spiritual fruit out of them. Well, it's such a great question you asked, and I can say that the the holy habits from the Sacred Heart um, are based on one of the beautiful quotes I read from St. Margaret Mary Alicote that lived in, um, received these apparitions in the 1670s. And Jesus said, from my heart flowed mercy, charity, grace, and virtue. And I had to pause when I was reading it, and I'm like, wow, virtue flows from the heart of Jesus. And a lot of times we picture, you know, the divine mercy image and seeing his mercy pouring out, but really asking the Lord to bolster our faith through helping us to be a better example in our stability of, of practicing these habits, like you gave the example of praying the rosary, and even, you know, being more like Christ beginning with with working on our very own heart. We know and love that beautiful image of the sacred heart of Jesus. And you mentioned Margaret Mary Alacoque. What was her devotion to the sacred heart that helped her form those holy habits? Well, um, actually, this December, it will mark 350 years since Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary in a very difficult time where the, the habits of many Catholics looked very different at that time. They were in the midst of France and a, a time of Jansenism, where religion was presented in a very cold way, where people did not frequently receive Holy Communion, for example. But what Jesus revealed is he revealed in this apparition himself, where his heart was outside of his body, and he really invites us to make his heart our personal refuge. He even said the words, behold, this heart that loves so much, but has received nothing but ingratitude, coldness, and indifference in return. So he's inviting us to respond to his heart with love so that we change from the inside out. Oh, I think that's incredibly beautiful. And and we know, though, that sometimes just having the desire to change or pick up a new habit can be, well, a little bit trying. And we know that 
Well, the evil one is always trying to keep us in these bad habits that we've formed and keep us from driving to holiness. It is our peace that we are always after. And it seems so often that when we have these bad habits formed, like not doing these daily devotions and prayers that bring us peace and indulging in self, you know, harming habits like overeating and and not living a healthy lifestyle that while it seems in our minds that, that should be the easiest or the first thing that we would want to change and and to just really have a healthy lifestyle both spiritually and physically but it's hard to change bad habits why do you think that is it is hard to change bad habits and for myself as a, a mother of seven you know married almost 25 years involved in ministry i see some of those habits that have become ingrained in our family and we during the different liturgical seasons, we just finished Lent, you know, have to work extra hard to make New Year's Day relevant, to make our Ash Wednesdays stick throughout the rest of the year. But what I'm noticing in our society and what I'm calling people to a deeper devotion to the heart of Jesus in this new book, Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart, is because I believe God wants to change all of society's habits, that he wants to literally put his heart back at the center of homes, of relationships, of marriages, of even institutions and schools, because his heart is a heart of perfect love. And when we compare the counterfeits of love and we look at these poor habits that lead us maybe down a road of, of even um, numbness or coldness or, or, or anger or lack of, of true love, They don't stand at all to compare to Jesus's perfect heart. He he purifies all of that, and so I'm I couldn't be any more excited in my own personal life of seeing what the devotion has done in the life of my my family, my relatives, and the life of others. And that's what I I share in the book that there's hope. Jesus is offering us peace of our you know the attributes of the kingdom: peace, joy. Um, and even spiritual stability each and every day. You know, talking about holy habits and, of course, your series, A Mother's a Moment, that we have here on Mater Day Radio. It's amazing how just in a minute and a half, especially for a busy mom or a parent, that how sometimes if you can just get your kids quiet for a moment, just having a moment in prayer brings you a peace that you need that we all really desire. That's true also of the habit of this devotion to the Sacred Heart. The goal is to bring peace. Tell our listeners about peace in our lives. Well, I think that right now the Lord is working so hard to knock on our own hearts. We can think of revelations as He's knocking on the hearts of those, and what we have to do is open our heart to the Lord. So, that opening is that responding to the loving heart of Jesus, what he's constantly inviting us to encounter his heart, to to understand that he wants to offer spiritual food in the whole Eucharist, that he wants to be ever present in our life. But as you mentioned, you know, that lifeline begins with us humbling ourselves and engaging in, in the prayer life and, and reawakening this prayer life, deepening this prayer life and pausing and um, really, honestly, Brenda, a lot of it is putting down our phones, mm. turning off the distractions and saying, Jesus, I need you. I need to have you in my life so that I can receive your love and then share that love with others. 
Oh, no doubt that that phone is definitely a time sucker. It it really does. And sometimes I just mean to look at a few things. And before I know it, well, I've spent a half hour, 40 minutes, thinking an hour looking at things that is really keeping me from being the virtuous type of person that I want to be. That is some of what you will learn about in Emily Jaminet's new book, Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Tell our listeners a little bit about if they were to pick up this book and start looking at these pages, what they're going to find and how they can actually use the book rather than just read words on the page. Well, thank you for asking me that question. A lot of times people um, have enjoyed my previous books and one of them being Secrets of the Sacred Heart, which leads you deeper into the promises of the Sacred Heart and it serves as a devotional. But I felt like we were missing a book between that. For a lot of times, we want to welcome the reign of Christ into our life, but we don't know where to begin. And that's where this book is. This book is for every single Catholic. I I make reference to the 12 promises from from Jesus to St. Margaret Mary Alicote, but that's not really the center focus. The center focus is each chapter begins and includes prayers. It includes a powerful testimony, a glimpse into somebody's heart. Sometimes it's my personal heart, uh, a family member's heart, but also others who have shared with me what has happened in their own life when they began to better implement this devotion. And that really made a huge impact on me wanting to write this book to tell these little stories. Along with that, I include a ton of amazing quotes from St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. I think it's important as she Jesus invited her to be the disciple of the Sacred Heart, it's important that we understand, you know, what he said to her and how he identifies himself, such as his heart is our refuge. It's an invitation for us to respond to his love. I also include in each chapter, not only these holy habits, which you mentioned, such as, you know, being open to docility, encountering the kingdom, you know, having the courage to get rid of shame, shame and and blaming ourselves for the past, but instead welcoming the Lord in a new way. Some of these holy habits that will really change your life. And at the end of each chapter, I offer just a simple question, four or five reflection questions that you can either reflect on your own, you can talk to your spouse with and go through the book um, as a couple, or even as a study, a group study and saying, you know, how can we implement this in our life? But I'm, I'm very excited about the possibilities and what people have said, how this book is helping them to see the Lord working in their life. Uh, I this the sound of that just uh, actually does bring a wonderful peace over you. And I look forward to reading more and practicing some of the habits that you offer in your new book. Emily, tell our listeners where they're going to be able to get a copy for themselves and also where they can learn more about the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. Well, your listeners can purchase the book at any Catholic bookstore. Amazon, Ave Maria Press would always welcome your service. And I'm so grateful. You can find me at emilyjaminette.com. Oh, fantastic. Well, Emily, thank you again for joining us on the Morning Blend. We really appreciate your time today. And thank you and bless you for writing such a wonderful book. Well, thank you so much. It's always an honor to be with you. 
And again, that is Emily Jaminet. Now, the name of the book we were just discussing is Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart, 10 Ways to Build Stronger, More Loving Relationships. It is out by Ave Maria Press. I will be sure to include the links that Emily was just talking about so you can get a copy for yourself. You'll find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. My bad habits lead to late nights and in a so Scott, when you and I took a pilgrimage to Medjugorje last year, the rosary pray daily was such a central part. Not only were we praying it as a group, in the months ahead, as we were leading up to our pilgrimage, we'd gather every evening to pray the rosary. It was central to our time there. And I did find that once we came back, well, I missed it. So as part of a resolution, I decided, well, I'm going to pray the rosary every day when I get in my car. So I plug in my phone, I pull up the Hail Mary media app, and I pray an audio rosary with Archbishop Alexander Sample, the Archdiocese of Portland. It was something that I did, and initially because I had set my mind, that's what I'm going to do. But very quickly, and now every day when I get into my car, I look forward to it. It is a habit that I have formed, first intentionally because I felt like I just needed to get into that practice of it, but the fruits of that practice have really changed and become a great habit. It's funny how you can set your mind to certain things and then, boy, God just pours out his mercy on us and just lets us, he goes, look, look at what I can do with what you have done. Yeah, you know, I think in terms of like the seasons that we celebrate with Advent and with with Lent in preparation for the, the, the Christmas and Easter, they are to engage us in a habit, a habit of awareness and a habit of prayer. And as an example of just how we have historically grown as a church, it is through our good habits, habits that are handed on to us. And yet at the same time, people will go, well, that's just a process that frustrates them because maybe it's not as intimate with God as they'd like otherwise to be. Well, it's this tension of the value of, yes, we want to be intimate with God and have a personal relationship with God, but how to have that authentically oftentimes means we have to set aside and sacrifice those things that we would otherwise want that might be habitual, mm-hmm. <laughs> that draw us away from what the rosary draws us to, which is prayer. And so there's this constant tension, I think, as we grow as Catholics as to how to meet that balance uh, of needs. So. You know, I think it takes about four to six weeks for a habit to set. And if you do it for six months, it can be set for a lifetime. But that's a that's something that you have to be consciously aware of. That's so I think when I think of how we form habits, I think of those sections of time in our liturgical calendar that give us an opportunity to create a new habit. Now, on the other hand, the bad habits. And those are those things that we seem to fall back into time and time again, whether it be I'm going to eat better. Well, then the next thing you know, you're diving into a bag of chips or I want to exercise in this beautiful weather. And then, you know, you're back into I'm looking at my phone again, spending too much time. And then then there's not enough days. And then there's those habits that lead us to other problems that, well, it seems 
month after month, we're in the confessional praying those same habits that we can't seem to break. It's difficult. It is. We're all human, but still, we can't settle in that. We can't just decide that, well, this is just my habit. I've been doing it my whole life, and I'm not going to change now, and I don't plan to. Right. You know, that's the that's the subtle aspect of despair that we might go, I'm not a despairing person, but we do things uh, out of habit that kind of lend itself towards a, a, a condition of despair. And so, you know, when we do something that is a, a hard habit to create, a good habit, maybe, um, the sacrifice we make for that habit to form, I think oftentimes we look at it in a negative way. And as you said, now that you pray the rosary every day when you get in the car, you look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Good habits uh, within a context of faith are, are not uh, absent of joy. Actually, they're joy-filled when we see it in the right context. And I wanted to say, you know, I, specifically in that right context, the devil's constantly playing actions against us to thwart our good habits. To bring us back to bad habits. The devil works mightily to do that. It doesn't work in the open that's obvious, but in those subtle uh, laxities within our own humanity and, and draws us back to doing habits that we say, I thought I got, got that figured out. I thought I'd let go of that. So it's, a, it's, it's just reminding us, I think, and as we've learned over our, our years of marriage and raising our family, the value of the sacraments that we receive are so necessary to continue to be in a state of receiving good habits and practicing good habits. Because when we get lax, when we get lazy, the devil just plays on that. And soon the erosion begins and all those good habits that we might've formed suddenly are just memory. And we go, Oh, I wish I could get back there, but I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. That's the tension of our life to, in our spiritual battle to do the good requires our constant reminding and focusing ourselves and community on the value of the faith that we carry. Scott, before we go today, will you please send us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the nature that you have created in us because we see the goodness. And when we are acting in your will, we are happy, truly happy. Help us this week to bring on good habits through prayer and through asking of you, what can we change in our lives to be more in alignment with your will, which is the Father's will. We pray this this week in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our View from the Pew. Have a beautiful weekend. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.